Welcome to the Swerve Church Podcast. My name is Danny. I'm the lead pastor here at Swerve, and I'm so glad that you're tuning in and listening to this week's sermon. I pray and hope that it is a huge encouragement and a help to you in your walk with Christ. Swerve is one church in two locations, and you're invited to join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. at 239 Stanhope Street in Bushwick, Brooklyn, or Sundays at 12 p.m. at 407 Wilson Avenue in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I pray that this message is a huge encouragement to you. Yeah, that's that Feed Me Pachuco Steez everyone was wearing in the 70s. Yeah, I look good. Now, before you start talking smack about why Mexicans always got to be gangsters, don't. Because I didn't make this up. I lived it. You see, back then, La Policia believed they had the right to beat you in the street if your name was Gonzalez or Martinez. To beat Chicano meant being invisible, but still getting a beatdown. And if La Jura wasn't beat, you were getting shipped off to war to drop like flies. I was just trying to survive. And Judy? She was surviving too. And we were real good at surviving. Together. The Chicano movement was in full effect, but I wasn't paying attention. I had family business to attend to. You see, my homies were the only family I knew, you dig? We always had each other's backs. Business was good. And I was living the life. Today, we're kicking off a new series. And I swear we like to have a little fun. Listen, if you want... A boring church to attend, I can point to a few of them, okay? But who says we can't have a little fun here at church? And the way we're going to have some fun during the month of July is by watching clips from movies in church because why not? It's a little series we like to call At The Movies, where we look at clips from movies and we attempt to draw biblical connections and themes from these films. You see, movies are our modern-day parables. Uh, Jesus used to communicate truths through parables or stories. And these narratives have a way of connecting to our hearts and our minds in ways that are undeniable. And this summer, over the next five weeks, we're going to look at clips from a new movie that was released to Disney Plus called Flamin' Hot. And that was a clip from the movie that you just saw. And when I saw this movie, first of all, it really tugged on my heartstrings like few movies have in the past. But it's incredible storytelling combined with humor. Now, I'm not necessarily recommending the movie. It's, it's PG-13, and there is some language in the movie. Uh, there's some strong language, especially when it relates to the overt racism against Latinos in the 80s and 90s. So watch the movie at your own discretion. But I did enjoy it very much. Uh, the movie is based on a true story. It's the life of Rich Montañez, who would start out as a kid being bullied for being Mexican, grow up to be a thug selling drugs, and eventually work his way up as a janitor at Frito-Lay and become responsible for creating Flaming Hot Cheetos. It's a story full of themes like perseverance and never giving up, working hard to make your dreams and goals a reality. And there are even themes of faith and prayer, especially during moments of extreme difficulty and adversity. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be examining some of these themes from the movie, along with some of my favorite clips, in order to connect the dots to some biblical truths. And to help me do this, I've invited some special people that you know and love to help us see the spiritual connection. I want Swerve to be a place where we can discover, develop, and deploy leaders for God's kingdom work in Bushwick and beyond. So I hope you can help me in encouraging them. 
but not today. Today you're stuck with me. Okay, so in the clip that we just saw, there was a young, a young rich who was making some bad decisions. Growing up in a hostile environment towards Latinos caused him to march down a road which led to a life of gangs, selling drugs, and running from the cops. That is until one day when everything would change. Check out this clip. Business was good, and I was living the life. But ignorance is bliss, until one of you wakes up. Rich, you've got to change now, for us and for the baby. What are you talking about? Check out this new ride I got. Yeah, exactly. Like, where did this car come from? <sighs> Rich, if I am sitting in a stolen car, I swear. It's on a layaway plan. Are you kidding me right now? Why do you keep doing stuff like this all the time? Look at me, son. You're not worthless, Richard. You hear me? You're not stupid. You've got a brain between those ears, not just that dumb mustache. You're not your father. But you will be if you don't change. If you don't wake up, you're going to end up in a cell or in the ground. We can't lose you, Rich. Now I think you can do better. Man, it's a miracle he didn't throw the book at me. You see, life is about choices. Big ones. It was time for me to choose something better. Who would have thought that the gangster Rich would leave his thug life and have a change? That he would go from chasing paper to changing diapers? With this new calling as a father, he would have to find a sustainable way to provide for his growing family. And all of a sudden, Rich became a new man. This reminds me of a verse in the Bible that perhaps you might know quite well. It's a verse that talks about the change one experiences once they've encountered Jesus. The Bible teaches that all of us were heading a wayward direction before Jesus stepped into the picture. But once we encountered Christ, we experienced a drastic change. This is the lesson that Paul was teaching the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Let's read this verse out loud together. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. The same way Rich had a change of heart, a change of mind, a change of profession, a change of life when his son was introduced into the picture, we also experience a drastic change when we encounter the Son of God. Many of you that are here today are a testimony to the change that Jesus made in your life. So for the rest of our time, I want to take apart this verse and see the life change that Jesus brings into one's life. Number one is this, and that is that Jesus is for anyone. Paul told the Corinthian church that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. This is amazing news because it means you, uh, me, the person next to you, behind you, those passing by on the sidewalk as we speak can experience Jesus. And here's what that means. Our only limitation to experiencing Jesus and the salvation and forgiveness that he offers is us. He is readily available. His sacrifice was sufficient for everyone. God's love and mercy is a bottomless well. This is what Paul echoed in the book of Romans when he wrote this. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Paul said that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who looks to Jesus 
Everyone who puts their faith in Christ, everyone who turns away from their sin and holds fast to Christ's power over sin and death, everyone who calls on Jesus can be saved. Jesus himself said that he is the way, the truth, and the life. In other words, he's the door that leads to salvation and anyone who enters through it can receive it. Yet many make the claim that Jesus is intolerant and unwelcoming. But what we see throughout the entirety of Scripture is a God who is incredibly patient and welcoming and willing to seek and save. It's kind of like this. If I told you that everyone who comes to Swerve on Sunday at 9.30 or 11 and walks through the doors of 239 Stanhope Street will receive a free gift of flaming Hot Cheetos, you can't complain about not receiving the chips if you didn't come. But Danny, I, I didn't get chips. You're intolerant, you're unwelcoming, you're unloving because you didn't give me flaming Hot Cheetos. Well, did you walk through the door on Sunday to receive the gift? Uh, no, I, I was at the beach getting drunk on margaritas, but I really want the Cheetos. I'm sorry, but you didn't walk through the door. I, I know it's not the best example, but cut me some slack here, okay? I think you get the idea. Jesus says, and the scripture confirms, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord and all who accept the free gift of grace made available through Jesus, all who walk through the door will experience forgiveness of sin, new life, and salvation. This is good news for me and you. It's good news for your mama, your neighbor, your friends, and our neighbors here on Stanhope. And it's good news for everyone. Jesus is for anyone. Number two is this, and that is that Jesus makes us a new creation. Paul wrote in today's main passage that anyone who is in Christ, he is a new creation. Did you know that? That when you come to Christ, when you surrender your life to the Lordship of Jesus, you become a new creation? You're not an updated version. You're not a slightly restored version of yourself. As far as God is concerned and because of Jesus, you are a new creation. And this is a work that can only be done by God. What, what does it mean that you are a new creation? Well, first of all, what you need to understand is that this is entirely a supernatural work of God. That the same way God created our parents, Adam and Eve, from nothing, He does a redemptive work within us from nothing. Because of Jesus, there's a rebirth that happens, and all of it is a work of God. When we experience this regenerative work of God, things begin to happen and changes begin to take place. This is all evidence of a living God making a new thing out of us. Me and you, we would look at a pile of ashes and rubble and garbage and see nothing. God takes all our mess and He makes a new thing out of us. It truly is a miraculous work of God, perhaps even greater than the opening of blind eyes and deaf ears. That our old sinful urges and desires would begin to change for new spirit-inspired desires. Even the fact that we would want to deny our own selfish desires and worship at the altar of self to worship God is an act of the regenerative work of God. And this is what is confirmed for us in Paul's letter to Titus when he writes the following. But when the kindness of God our Savior and His love for mankind appeared, He saved us, not by works of righteousness that we had done, but according to His mercy, through the washing of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. He poured out His Spirit on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by His grace, we may become heirs with the hope of eternal life. It's God's incredible and immense love for us that we, uh, for us that we have been saved and experienced this work of becoming a new creation. And this is true for everyone and anyone who has surrendered to Jesus. Know this, that when you look in the mirror as a follower of Christ, in God's eyes, you are a new creation. And because Jesus is Lord, the Holy Spirit is living inside of you, doing a regenerative work, changing you from the inside out, molding you more and more into the image of Christ, 
making you a new creation. Here's number three. Jesus washes away our sin. Paul writes in our verse of the day, anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old has passed away. One of the things that can keep us from truly experiencing the freedom of Christ and the love of God is holding on to the old things that God has already thrown away. This might be just my favorite part of the verse because I don't know about you, but I know me, and I know some of you are angels and you just put away your halo so that I don't feel bad today. But the Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all have a million differences. We have different preferences. We have different tastes in music. We have different diets and upbringings. But here's what we all have in common. We have all sinned against the God of the universe. In fact, when God went up to the mountain and gave Moses the Ten Commandments, it wasn't earth-shattering information. Okay, The commandments are morality one-on-one, and yet we've all broken each and every single one. But God, so rich in love and mercy, He enters our brokenness, our dirtiness. He enters our sin and He washes away our sin through Jesus. We were incapable of hope upholding the law. But God loved us so much that He sent Jesus to live a perfect and sinless life. The Bible says we have a debt to pay because of our sin. The wages of sin is death. And Jesus came to do what we were incapable of doing. And as such, He became the perfect sacrifice to atone for our sin, to step in our place and absorb the wrath of God that we were due. On the cross, with nail-pierced hands, a crown of thorns impaled into His scalp, nearly every last ounce of blood drained from His body, He died for our sin. And when He did, He washed away all our sin. I know for a fact that most of us in this room have a past that we're not proud of. Jesus is sacrificed on the cross and His blood is so powerful that it washes away all our sin. Not some of it, not most of it, but praise Jesus, all of our sin. And I love how Psalms 103 puts it. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. How far is the east from the west? The answer is, that's an infinite distance. And as far as the infinite distance is, so far has He removed, extinguished, buried, thrown away our sin from us. And I hope this helps encourage you this morning to know that, to realize that your sins have been washed away. Stop living in regret. Stop living in a perpetual state of condemnation. You have no need to remember a sin that God has already forgotten. Walk out in this freedom that the gospel gives you because Jesus washes away our sin. And lastly, number four, Jesus gives us new life. One last time, Paul wrote in today's verse of the day, If any wasn't in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. We have a new life thanks to Jesus. Before Jesus, we used to attempt to find pleasure in things that would bring pleasure, but only for a little while. It was always short-lived. You got the high and then it faded. You were buzzed and then it was gone and you were in need of more. You were tipsy, but then life hit you all over again And once you were sober. But, but before Jesus, we used to find meaning and purpose in that which would bring fulfillment, but only for a little while. You climbed the corporate ladder, you made the money, but the money didn't bring you satisfaction you thought it would. Or got the dream job only to find that it wasn't exactly what you thought it would be. You settled down with the person hoping for this romantic rendezvous, that it would be the cure to your emotional ailments, but then you realize that he leaves his dirty socks everywhere and her breath stinks in the morning and you still feel unfulfilled and empty. Before Jesus, perhaps you tried to find peace and tranquility through various religions and practices and spirituality. But then you realized that those people and places were every bit lost and every bit confused as you. But then you found Jesus. And when you find Jesus, here's what you get. You get a new life. 
In other words, you get a newfound purpose. You get a value and perspective on life that does not fade away because of the people you meet, the circumstances you face, or the, or the success that you achieve. When you enter the embrace of Jesus, you find a new life. You find forgiveness of all those sins that you were engulfed with shame and condemnation for. You find a loving Father who gives you purpose and knows you, who calls you to greater kingdom work. You get the Holy Spirit who fills you and guides you towards Christ-likeness and holiness. And this is what Jesus taught in John chapter 6 when he said this, I am the bread of life, and no one who comes to me will ever be hungry, and no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. Some of you have been spiritually hungry, emotionally thirsty, relationally starved, and you've been attempting to resolve your issues in all the wrong places and with all the wrong people. Let me tell you right now that if you want to experience a newness of life, it can only be found in one person, and his name is Jesus. In the movie, Rich found a new outlook on life when he encountered his son. And today, I know without a shadow of a doubt that if you encounter the Son of God, Jesus Christ, you will experience a radical change in your life unlike anything else you've ever experienced before. And if you're here today, the most important decision that you can make is to put your faith in Jesus. He will cleanse you from your sins. He will wash you white as snow. He will clothe you in his goodness and he will welcome you into the family of God. Lord, we thank you. Thank you that Jesus is for anyone, that you are the way, the truth, and the life, and that anyone who walks through those doors can experience forgiveness of sin and newness of life. Thank you, Jesus, that because of you, we are a new creation. You've given us a new heart, God. You've given us the Holy Spirit to give us new desires and to lead us towards the heart of God. Lord, we don't deserve it, but we are ever grateful that you have washed away our sin. Father, thank you for the new life you've given us through Jesus. Thank you for purpose and fulfillment and a peace unlike anything that this world can offer. We pray for those on the cusp of surrendering to you. Holy Spirit, draw them near now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.